Welcome to Blunt Blonde Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Shanitria, and this is a podcast about all things cannabis and parenthood. Yep, I'm a mom. I got two kids. I'm 31 years old, and I got a man. We've been together for over eight years, and I decided I'm going to do a podcast and I'm just going to talk all about weed and being a mom. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. That's been really great. That's been really fun. Then I started interviewing people and just some people who are doing really dope things in the cannabis industry. And I said, you know what? Next, I want to talk to you. So I put a call out on Blunt Born Mama's Instagram page. And I heard back from so many of you guys who were interested in being on the Blunt Born Mama podcast as a guest and share your story. And now this is for you guys to hear. I cannot fucking wait for you guys to hear these women these moms their stories you're gonna be blown away this is so good i'm not even gonna talk anymore let's just get into it welcome to season two of blunt born mama podcast uh, my name is sophie mine i'm 32 and i live in uh, champaign urbana yeah, with my family, with my daughter and my husband and my dog. Um, I am married. He's my second husband and I have, well, I'm on my second marriage and I have a daughter. She's about to turn nine. She's going to be nine tomorrow, actually. Yeah, I've been a mom for nine years. It's really weird to think about it like that. Um, well, I was raised here. So I, I, and I, well, hmm, I was born in, actually, I was born in Canada when I was a baby, we moved from Canada when I was like three months old to Australia and then spent a couple of years there. And then we moved into the middle of Illinois. <laughs> it's kind of a weird, um, like first couple of years. And then um, just kind of normal-ish, um, you know, central Illinois upbringing among the corn and the soy. My parents were funny about cannabis. It was like a lot of mixed signals. Um, on one hand, they used it um, like it secretively. And we kind of knew about that, like maybe starting at the age of like 10. And um, but then and they said that they preferred that we smoked than drank. And that was like something that was mentioned a few times. Um, but you know, I got caught smoking weed by my mom a few times and she seemed horrified. And when I did start using cannabis when I was a teenager, it was viewed as like an addictive sort of thing. Um, uh, my parents also mentioned like that they, you know, they, they said, you know, I knew that they smoked weed, but they also told me they would smoke more weed <laughs> if they didn't think DCFS would come get us girls. So it really was kind of like a bit of a confusing, kind of scary, weird thing when I was growing up. My parents actually aren't Canadian. They're from America. My dad just traveled a lot to get his education. Yeah, he still travels a lot. Uh, my dad was was uh, born and raised in California. He was a hippie. His parents were hippies. It's really funny that that really didn't I don't know. I, I hate to talk about my dad in this way, but he did seem to kind of like sell out at a certain point and, you know, not be so like free about drugs, you know, or like, you know, cannabis is a perceived drug. It's a bit uptight at a certain point. <laughs> oh, I think honestly, there was a lot of fear that we would get taken away or that DCFS would get involved in some way. Yeah, I think that was it. No, I don't think they did, but I'm sure I'm sure that was like in the news of it, you know. My parents my parents were anxious people. <laughs> so I'm sure they like they heard one story, you know. It it would have scared them. Yeah, it's true. 
Being afraid of losing your child is real. It was confusing. I like boundaries. <laughs> I like clear boundaries, you know? It was, it was, um, but they, you know, when it came time for me to use it medically, they've been supportive, which is, which is wonderful. Uh, the first time I smoked cannabis was, um, I was like a young teenager and I like really set my mind to do it because my parent, I knew my parents were doing it and I knew my sister had done it and I was like, I'm not going to be left out. <laughs> so I, I went looking for a friend, you know, which of my friends smoke weed and I went and asked them to get me high. And we we couldn't do it at their house. Um, so we walked all around their neighborhood looking for a good place to smoke. And it was really windy. <laughs> so it was really hard to light the bowl. I did not get high. Uh, but the second time I smoked weed, I got, um, I got pretty high and listened to Radiohead. And it was really <laughs> a really neat experience. But after that, actually, I think the third time I smoked weed, I got really anxious, and it, it put me off of it. <sighs> well, I mean, I still had the stigma attached to it. I thought it was a drug. Um, I thought it was better to... I mean, I was... Yeah. I was drinking and thinking that was, like, better than smoking weed. I had, like, all sorts of opinions. I, I still do. But I had lots of opinions about weed, and I really, you know, I think that some of the stigma and and my opinions made it so that when I used it, I felt really anxious, like I was doing something wrong. Um, and some, you know, probably the strains that I was using weren't right. Um, but it was, you know, I tried it a lot. And I, you know, it helps, I think, with um, some things. Like, it, I think I've always struggled with chronic pain since I was really little. I had knee, knee problems and... I mean, it helped and neck pain and nerve pain in my neck and shoulders. And it did help. I think it helped a lot with that. And just, um, you know, so I think I was using it and self-medicating successfully, but there were also the side effects that like of getting too high and having panic attacks because I also have, you know, an anxiety disorder and not knowing what I was getting or so that made it so that like my relationship with cannabis was kind of weird. Like I wanted to use it, but I didn't know what effect I was going to get. Um, and so, yeah, I used it in conjunction with all sorts of things like alcohol to get me to sleep at night. Um, not proud, but it's a part of my experience. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what I was talking about. Forgetting where I was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it, I ne would never try concentrates before it was legal. It was just flour. It was random flour. Yeah, guy, just a guy, you know, wherever I could get it from. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I, I smoked weed, you know, on and off for a long time. And then, you know, I was in therapy and I was on antidepressants and I had a doctor who said, that I needed to be testing um, negative for cannabis if he was going to prescribe me antidepressants anymore. So I stopped using cannabis because I really wanted to get better, you know. Um, and it, I mean, they, they never really worked, but it just, my relationship with it was that people made me feel bad about it and I felt bad about it, you know, because of my own opinions as well. But I wanted it so bad. There was like something in it I knew that was helping me, you know. <laughs> and I just didn't, it, there was, it wasn't the right, some of them weren't the right strains and some of it was too high of a dose, possibly, probably, yeah. I don't use anything other than I t have to take an anti-seizure medication, um, just the lowest dose, but I would be on so many. And I mean, having access to medical cannabis as an adult, I really wish that this would have been accessible to me as a, as a younger person because I, you know, it's very customizable and it's replaced, you know, anything that, you know, it's replaced everything. Like I don't, I was on antidepressants. I was on, um, anti-anxiety medication. I would probably need to be on something for my, um, nausea at this point, um, cause my stomach's in a state. Um, and muscle spasms, 
and pain. So I don't know. I don't. I can't count how many pills I would need to be on. I other than Keppra, I have to take um, an anti seizure medication because I'm. I can't. I don't. I don't want to have another seizure. And there's really there isn't, to my knowledge, um, a good protocol for since epilepsy is such a um, personal. You know, everyone has a different epilepsy. <laughs> you know, there's not like one kind of epilepsy. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a protocol for it. And I wasn't able to figure out the right protocol for me. So I think it's probably easier to talk about who doesn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. So I'm not really. I actually did talk to my daughter's school director about my cannabis use. But I haven't been open with her teachers. And I think that's it. <laughs> and I don't know why. Um, cause I'm sure my daughter brings it up at school sometimes and I just don't want them to think that I'm ashamed of it. So maybe I'll talk to them about it soon. Um, but everyone knows at this point, um, I was a little bit slow to talk about it at first. Um, but yeah, uh, everybody knows about it. And the, the reason why I talk about it is because I want people to know, that I want to break the stigma. I want people to know how it's helped me um, just in case they're looking for some relief um, for, cause it's helped me in literally like all the ways that cannabis can help a person, you know, like I have muscle spasms, I have epilepsy, I have GI issues, mood issues, cancer. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, so it just, I feel like it's a, whatever, you know, like ask me, <laughs> me how I, you know, cannabis can help you. Um, I'm like a poster child, but, um, yeah, I talked about it for a lot of reasons. I would, I would really like for it to be accessible to, to all. And I think if people know how much it helps and how, um, just how life-changing it is, it would, it would just, in a minute, it would be legal. <laughs> like if everybody knew, you know, I think, Though, oh, and I think it's just her teachers, and it's my daughter's teachers. The, the only people who don't know are, I think, my daughter's teachers, and it's only because I, I mean, honestly, they're busy. <laughs> and I, you know, and I want to talk about my daughter and not about my cannabis use, but I do think that it might be important for them to hear it from me because I'm sure my daughter, she thinks she talks about it sometimes. You know, it's helped our, our whole family because it's helped me so much. Well, I, you know what, honestly, it didn't really need to come up, except that I was like very, I don't know, I was feeling very confused um, still about the laws. <laughs> and they asked me if I could volunteer at the school. And I was like, I'm a medical cannabis patient. <laughs> Is that okay? I won't bring my cannabis on the property. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so it was really kind of just an awkward conversation that, I don't know, it was silly and sweet and I just was nervous for no reason and that's kind of how it felt like with everyone that I've brought it up to I did use cannabis before I found out I was pregnant I stopped using everything the day I found out I was pregnant um I yeah um yeah I mean I I, I followed all the rules I didn't eat sushi I microwaved my sandwich meat I, uh, you know, so I did, I was very, um, before, yeah, I did try and smoke, um, a little bit of cannabis to help me with my nausea one time, but I was very anxious, um, about it. And I smoked one hitter and I think the anxiety of worrying about getting drug tested just made it not helpful. You know, so I, you know, I wasn't nauseous for a little while, but <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it, it didn't feel worth it. So I didn't try it again. And fortunately for me, the, the intense nausea and for me, it was like a lot. It was like, I, I have super smell. Like if someone was cleaning the table at a restaurant, like all the way across the restaurant, you could smell it. We lived, um, down the street from a barbecue place. It's like one of the top five barbecue places in the U S 
And I hated that place. I hated that restaurant. I couldn't leave my apartment because the smell bothered me so much. Um, it just made me sick. So fortunately, that only lasted 13 weeks, which it was very long, 13 weeks. And I, I think, you know, if I had, if I could have done it over, I wouldn't have trapped myself in my house um, for 13 weeks. I would have probably just smoked weed. <laughs> And went on with my life. CBD would have helped me a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, and for me, that's what it was too. Is artificial fragrances. I became like a very like a super smeller for artificial fragrances, and that actually hasn't gone away for me. So I think I thank God for cannabis because I can't stand artificial fragrance or perfumes and bathrooms and stuff like that. It makes me instantly feel nauseous. Chicken for some reason, chicken like. <laughs> oh. Electric coils. I like once got a huge fight. It's probably one of the biggest reasons that we are divorced. My ex-husband used our stove. He had the audacity to use the stove one day when I was home. And the electric coils like warming up just, oh, I just spend the night at my parents' house. <laughs> it's crazy, the things. But it's, it must be something. There must be something in it. The body is really intelligent. <laughs> It is really inconvenient. The body is really intelligent, and sometimes it can be inconvenient, too. I loved being pregnant other than the beginning. Um, I mean, I was really sleepy, but I was really, um, like, privileged to be able to stay at home and just take care of myself at the time. Um, my husband at the time, you know, was working and supporting me so I could just take care of myself, and I went to, like, water aerobics. It was just really a special time for me and my, my uterus and my baby and, you know, just taking care of us. Um, and, um, like a couple weeks before the baby was born, my mom was like ready to get it out. So she had me like walking and, you know, drinking, um, raspberry leaf tea like super concentrated raspberry leaf tea and walking and walking and walking. And honestly, in hindsight, I probably would have rested and drank the tea. Um, the walking was nice, but it was the summer and I got hot and was chafing. <laughs> uh, but I went into labor a week early and the labor was, was fine. I was, um, I was pretty young and I don't, I really don't judge any woman's decision on how she wants to give birth. Um, my intentions were I wanted a natural childbirth. And at the time, I had not ever gone through anything quite like that <laughs> or like had to ever be uncomfortable, honestly. Like I never really allowed myself to be uncomfortable in the past, to be honest. I, you know, I was a baby. Um, I was 22. No, it's maybe 20, 23. How old is my daughter? How old am I? Anyway, I was young. I was, you know, in retrospectively. Um, and it, I, I opted for an epidural, and it's a great option for a lot of people, but I don't think it was for us because I couldn't feel anything, and it, I couldn't feel to push, and it ended up lasting a really long time, and I had to get oxygen, and, you know, they threatened a C-section and, um, I ended up pushing her out. It, it, it didn't last a really long time, but because of her blood pressure dropping and mine dropping and, um, you know, they were a little bit worried, but fortunately she came out and, um, she was awesome and she is awesome. Um, but I couldn't feel anything and my hips kept flopping over because my mom was supposed to be holding one leg and my ex-husband was supposed to be holding the other and they were just like not doing their jobs. So my hips just were trashed um, for the next, I don't know, year. They still, they still, you know, act up when I over, overuse them. I mean, I, it, I don't know. My labor and delivery wasn't what I expected, um, and I 
think that's the case for a lot of people. I think the hospital staff could have been more considerate and less pushy and rude. <laughs> like the, the woman who was um, my midwife at one point sat down in a chair and picked up a book and said, you know, when you're, when you're willing to start trying, let me know. <laughs> so it was, it was a, it was a, I was, I felt like I was let down by a lot of people who were supposed to be there for me. Um, you know, with, but I ended up with a, just such a beautiful little person. And so right after she was born, my arms were really tired. I was really tired. And I just like, I looked at her and yeah. And my life has been different ever since her birthday's tomorrow. So like, I, I really, I really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's wonderful. And it really, I mean, honestly, that is exactly like the, my labor and delivery is like what our, experience has been and my experience has been in, in parenting like since you know it wasn't what I expected I haven't been supported in the way that I've really like I expected but like I made it work and we're making it work and I I'm resourceful you know <laughs> no I got scared out of I did I checked out the hospital and you know they had tubs and but you weren't allowed to to birth in the tubs after um, I had my daughter, they changed the rules so that they did do tub births, but I was scared to do it at home. Um, I had a doula. She was just like, are you going to regret it if you get an epidural? And I'm like, no, I can't do it. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm thinking now. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it worked out like it was supposed to. Ooh, I, um, I don't know. I think it was about a year. I, I mean, I wasn't using cannabis regularly. I was still feeling um, really scared of using it. Well, I mean, I was still, I was still feeling scared because I was, I, my, my parents' voice was in my head. Um, the DCFS was going to get called. I think there had just been like a story in the news of like a mom who had actually gotten her baby, taken her breastfed baby, like taken away from her. I mean, I'd have to research it, but it, I think that like happened. I can't remember in what state. Anyway, that, I think that happened at the same time that I was, that I had my baby and I was like thinking about wanting to smoke weed again. So it was like, I was feeling really nervous about doing it. But I had, yeah, but I had um, really pretty tricky postpartum anxiety and depression, and it wasn't helped by my situation. Um, I was just in a, in a pretty, my relationship with my daughter's dad wasn't very good. So, I mean, I was using cannabis and, and mostly, honestly, because it, it felt so it was, it's been normalized and, you know, people don't bat an eye. I was, you know, drinking at night to help me calm down from the day. Um, sometimes, you know, if I could find weed, I'd smoke a little bit of weed. <laughs> yes, I, I breastfed uh, my daughter and um, used cannabis. My, my doctors also knew, I mean, my doctors didn't know that I was using cannabis, but my doctors knew that I was using SSRIs. And breastfeeding and I just I I'm, I'm defending myself <laughs> but I mean I just in hindsight I would have chosen the cannabis over the SSRIs and I don't know why oh antidepressants they put me on um they put me on Zoloft after well I guess anyway I guess I put me on Zoloft <laughs> um after um I mean, I decided to use cannabis and breastfeed my daughter. It wasn't an easy decision, and I was riddled with, in hindsight, it was unearned guilt. Um, I didn't deserve to feel guilty for smoking um, cannabis while breastfeeding. I wasn't breastfeeding my daughter while smoking a bowl, obviously, but um, like over her. 
but um yeah I didn't I didn't I don't know that I like made a con like a real conscious decision I was going through a lot at the time um I you know my you know I had anxiety and depression before my daughter I my pregnancy I was off antidepressants and um I actually was happier during my pregnancy than I had been in a really long time. And I felt just the full spectrum of emotions. And that was really wonderful. And after she was born, I really wanted to stay off antidepressants. But um, I just, the anxiety uh, came back really, really hard. And I was in a really difficult relationship with her father for, you know, many reasons. No one's, no one's fault. <laughs> um but that was really hard. And so I tried a lot of things to help me cope with these really difficult feelings of feeling really stuck and anxious. Um, and so cannabis was one of the things that I tried and, and I, I, it, it helped a lot. Um, but I didn't use use it like regularly or regimentally um, because I, didn't know how or that that was a thing <laughs> and also the guilt and the stigma and worrying about cps getting called no i mean you know i'm kind of i take after my parents i'm a bit of a worrier i mean i when my daughter was first born she had um some health condition like some health issues um and we didn't know like what was going on with her and so i always i mean it's, that's always, I think, with any mom who has a little one who was real, you know, who's sick or there was some worry in the beginning, there's always that concern that something's going to happen. Um, and, you know, and what my parents had said, and there had been, you know, a story in the news of a woman who had gotten her breastfeeding, her breastfed baby taken away. And it was, you know, it's a lot of things in the way. Um... I mean, I experienced postpartum anxiety and depression and, you know, Illinois wasn't a medically legal state, like, you know, cannabis wasn't medically legal at that time. And it, it, I just had never heard of it being used to treat anxiety or postpartum anxiety and depression. So I didn't, um, it didn't occur to me then, but since then, um, you know, I, I, did go through a major trauma and um, I, because of, you know, life events have um, complex PTSD and do use cannabis to treat that. Yeah. I mean, should I, should I start from like, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. So, I mean, I had a weird childhood and I had a lot of abusive relationships and then, um, you know, more, most recently and most, you know, most notably and, um, you know, what I'm currently still working through um, the most, <laughs> um, I was diagnosed with uh, brain cancer in July 2016 and um, found, you know, like did a lot of research about what would help me. And I, you know, I found a lot of information about CBD and Illinois had, was, you know, was a medical cannabis state at this point. And I was, you know, I, you know, I had cancer. I can, you know, I deserve this card was my thinking. Um, and so I talked to my doctor and he said that they, the hospital doesn't write recommendations for medical cannabis. And I, my, like my heart broke because I was just like, how can they deny me this thing? that I'm hearing so much about, like, just all, like, just nothing but good about. And um, so I actually had to drive two hours away to find a doctor to write me a recommendation. And he wouldn't write it for cancer because, my, like, I hadn't had a biopsy yet. You know, even though it was a cancerous tumor, they, they thought it was a cancerous tumor. It hadn't been confirmed it was a cancerous tumor, so I couldn't get it for... Um, cancer, I had to get it after my brain surgery <laughs> for traumatic brain injury. Like I called or I had my husband call because I wasn't in any state uh, the day after I had my brain surgery. 
Um, and he said, yeah, she has traumatic brain injury. You can go ahead and write the recommendation. So, I mean, <clears throat> my experience with the hospitals um, has contributed to my PTSD. Um, just like the weird bureaucratic nonsense where it's like it really isn't do no harm. I mean, it, it, they, they do a lot of harm. They do help a lot, but it's a lot. I mean, it's it's expensive and it's weird and you really have to fight for the services and the resources that you need. And that's hard when you're also fighting for your life. So that has contributed, I think mostly to my PTSD. Um, and so I feel like, you know, using cannabis is a lack of rebellion um, in that way, which feels good. It also feels good because it feels good. Um, but I mean, cannabis has helped me ever, every step of the way since my surgery too. I mean, I'm really glad that I did rebel in this way and I didn't listen to my doctors um, and started using cannabis and got over the fear and the stigma and started using it regularly. Um, I mean, the when I discovered how therapeutic it was, the first time like I really experienced um, how, how truly wonderful cannabis can be was, um, I had this just, you know, spiritual experience. Like I was, uh, maybe 12 days, um, after my brain surgery and I had been crying on and off for several days. Um, I had just had my brain stirred up and I had, not, I didn't know my biopsy results um, yet, so I didn't know how bad the cancer was. The type of tumor that I have is a glioma, and, you know, if you've heard anything about a glioma, it can be terrible, or in my case, I got the best of the worst, so I got a really slow grow, a slow growing um, grade two type, which I'm really grateful for, but I didn't know that I didn't know I could have, I could have had a year and it wouldn't have been a good year. So that's where my head was at. And I had, you know, so I didn't know I was at, at that point, I think a bit suicidal. I, I know I wouldn't have killed myself because A, I didn't have the strength. Um, and B, I never would do that to my family. Um, but I was, I just, it was so hard to hear you saying that to yourself over and over again. Like, I wish I was, you know, I wish I was gone. Like, you know, life would be easier without me here. And that those thoughts were just racing in my head. And, um, and I just smoked like one, one hitter from like some, you know, some weed we had like hidden away old, some old, <laughs> some old flower. It was probably more like degraded. It was probably high CBN, which is <laughs> nice as old weed. Um, but I just felt really all of a sudden just like calm and clarity and like, I can do this. Like the best thing for me and everyone is for me to just, you know, calm down, <laughs> um, and just enjoy things as they come and take it at every moment. And, and there was a word that just popped into my head. It was just like, you'll adapt, it's adapt. <laughs> um, and it's been true. And, um, and cannabis has helped me adapt. You know, it's really every step of the way, like earlier on, um, you know, my brain was healing and things were really overstimulating. Um, and CBD would make it so that things did not feel quite so overstimulating. And I was able to like function in crowds or like go to my daughter's school and be there with her. Yeah. And, and with the pain, it helped with the pain. And, um, I mean, I, I didn't have my first seizure until eight months after, and it was after three days of not taking my CBD oil. I don't know what I was thinking. And so I really, I think that cannabis really does keep me from having seizures in a way and kept me from having more seizures than I could have had. Um, the second one I had, it was two days after not having any RSO. <laughs> so I always take my cannabis. Like I always take my oils. <laughs> um, I'm really regimented on that.
And then the third one I had, yeah, the third one I had, I wasn't an anti-seizure medication. So I started taking anti-seizure medication and I've been good since then. So yeah, it's been really great. It's helped with, you know, nausea that I've had um, from the meds that they gave me um, from the surgery took a long time to detox off and I have to have MRIs every three months and they give me, you know, heavy metal injections, contrast dye, and that makes me pretty sick. And it helps with that helps with the side effects of the medication that I have to, you know, the one medication that I have to take, um, can make me feel really sick and tired. And so cannabis helps with that. (laughs) I don't know. I just, yeah, I could go on. (laughs) What else? I mean, it helps me sleep. Like I have a lot of, um, you know, PTSD wakes me up first, like really early in the morning with like racing thoughts sometimes. And, you know, if I wake up too early, I can smoke and go back to sleep. You know, if I, you know, wake up, it's a reasonable time. I can smoke and meditate and journal and do things to like calm myself down and have a really good day. Um, It helps me when I can, you know, so I can take a nap you know, cause I need extra sleep cause my brain is healing. Uh, the medication, they had me on steroids after my surgery and I couldn't sleep more than like three hours at a time. And then it would take me like two hours to get back to sleep. And when I started smoking cannabis, I had to be on steroids for like several weeks. Um, it tore my stomach up and it really gave me bad insomnia. It really, really helped. Um, I really do think that they should give cannabis to like every brain cancer or brain um, surgery um, patient because it's they have to give you steroids so that your brain doesn't swell, but you need rest to heal your brain and steroids like don't make it so you can't sleep. So it really does feel just really like a sticky situation. Oh, gosh, what else? It, there's a lot of things that happen with brain um, surgery that people don't think about because the brain is so complex. Like temperature regulation has been weird for me and cannabis helps with that. Like if I get overheated, I smoke some CBD and it somehow helps. I don't know what it's doing, but it's unreal. Okay, well, currently I um, eat about... Well, I, I put um, sublingually about 30 to 60 milligrams of CBD oil under my tongue about three times a day. Um, I vape CBD oil in the morning and, you know, whatever I'm feeling, <laughs> a strain of like some high C or a high THC concentrate. I'll smoke flour. You know, I mix it up because, you know, Sometimes I have really stubborn pain that isn't, you know, that isn't um, responding to a dab. So I'll smoke some flour. Um, but mostly I'm not in that much pain anymore. <laughs> um, it, I, I medicate for anxiety and to help my muscles recover from, from strength training. Um, I mean, I guess that's not true. I'm not in as much pain. I still have chronic pain and I will always have chronic pain, but it's manageable. Yeah, I use cannabis to help me when I'm feeling anxious. Um, It feels like it helps my thoughts get less sticky. Um, You know, I still, after my brain surgery, I um, I had aphasia. I had speech aphasia, which means you know, like you have difficulty recollecting words. And actually it was weird because the words that I could recollect were just big old words. Like I was trying, (laughs) I was trying to explain to my daughter what an IV was. And I don't know what I said to her, but it was like, why I use so many big words to try to explain this little thing. But, um, it was really, so sometimes I just, it's, I have a hard time with words and it helps with that a lot. Like I've been sipping on my little CBD vape we've been talking and I'm ha- I feel like I'm having a tricky day with words, um, today, but I don't, yeah. So I don't know how this is going to come out, but I think this is absolutely, it's been helping me so I can have a conversation with you. Uh, I think I actually initially scared her cause I was like, 
look, I'm using cannabis, but I don't think you should talk to people about it because I don't know. Like, I don't. The laws in Illinois are so weird. It's like you can't. They say, like, when they, they give you, like, a little slip of paper, the rules are all over the place uh, if you look for them about Illinois. And it's like you can't smoke near a minor. So what is near? Like, in the same house? Like, in the same, you know, like, so, you know, if she walks out and catches me in the yard, <laughs> you know, like, is that against the, you know, I don't know. It's tricky. I keep it away from her. I keep it locked up from her. But I just, oh, I felt nervous. So when I told her the first time, I think I kind of projected that nervousness on to her. She was, gosh, I know telling kids to keep secrets is like not right. Uh, uh, well, I didn't tell her to keep a secret. I was just like, I don't know if you should share this. But um, I think she was about six. Yeah. Yep. She was six when I got my card. And I, I kept it a secret from her for a while, honestly. Like I, you know, I would hide and be like, oh, I'm going to my room to like do whatever. And, and I would go hit my vape pen. But now she knows, you know, when I'm, you know, I say I'm going to my room to take my medicine. And we've had conversations since where I've been like, you know, look, I feel like I scared you when you were little. And I want to know that, you know, I, this is a choice that I'm confident with. And, um, you know, whatever happens, you're, you know, like, I, I don't believe at this point that Child Protective Services is going to come into my house and think that this is an unfit place for a child because I use cannabis. You know, I just, I, I keep it up. I keep it locked away. We do what we do what we should, or, you know, we do, we do what's best, you know, what I think is best. And I, I don't think there's anything to be afraid of at this point. Um, and I told, you know, I told her that in not so many words, obviously, but, um, and so she's like, she's pretty excited now. She's like, she's really, she's like, she's, she's seen more posters and more information about cannabis, like, because it's been legalized in Illinois. Um, it's, you know, in, you know, January 1st, 2020, it's going to be legal for all adult use, which means, and I, when I told her that, like, she almost cried. It was unbelievable because she's just like, I mean, I know she's tired of me being the only, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think a lot of her grown-ups smoke weed and she, she would feel a lot more comfortable knowing that, you know, and there's a lot of grown-ups that smoke weed and she, I think, and I told her that, but you know, grown-ups are secretive about things that are illegal, obviously. So I think when it becomes more legal, it'll be, she'll be, you know, I don't know. Oof. I mean, I think the stigma is so hard to erase. I mean, that fear, I mean, I mean, especially for me, I don't know if it's, if it's the same for other people, but it's, I want, I want to keep my daughter. And, um, you know, I had a, I had a difficult, um, divorce and, you know, I don't want to go through that, you know, I <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to go through feeling like I'm, um, you know, going to lose my daughter. Like, I don't want to go through that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you should be scared. I mean, I honestly, like, there's a, there's a probability I could get in trouble for recording this. Um, and I'm not scared. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit scared. But I don't, because I keep things clean. Um, you know, and organized and locked up and I, and I keep my daughter safe and I know I'm not putting her in danger and I'm not like eating, you know, an edible, you know, like edible and drive, you know, like it's like parents know what to do. I don't know why we don't trust people. I don't know why we don't trust mothers to do the right thing, but for some reason we don't. Um, but I, you know, I think that you should be confident if you're, you know, if you're making safe choices Oh, I think, I feel like I'm rambling. I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, but I just think that, um, you know, you're, if you're making this choice and you're confident in the choice and you're keeping your family safe, then 
you don't have anything to be afraid of. And so I wouldn't project that fear onto your kids because I think that's the mistake that I made. Oh, just do it. <laughs> um, if you want to try it, I think it would be really helpful for you. If you want to try using cannabis um, to manage, I mean, I, I have terrible, I didn't even mention this. Like I have really bad periods. Um, I've got bad menstrual cramps and I mean, this goes for all people with uteruses. Um, it really helps with that kind of stuff. It really helps, you know, balance mood out and and pain and relax muscles around that time of the month. CBD helps a lot. Um, but, and there's, you know, it's really customizable. So there's just so many different ways to do it if you don't want to smoke. But, you know, just, you know. I'm not going to make that decision for you, but I do. It's really, it's been helpful for me. Yeah, I, I would say go for it, but lock up your edibles and activated concentrates. That's my, that's my um, advice for parents. You don't want, it's expensive and you don't want that experience. Judging a mom on her cannabis use is short-sighted and they probably have some stigma to work through as well. I think, yeah, I think judging moms is really kind of getting tired and supporting moms needs to like be a thing. <laughs> so thank you for all you do. Oh man, my biggest fear is that I have to stop my cannabis use. <laughs> um, you know, my biggest fear is that like, I don't know, I want it to be legalized all over the world so I can travel. Um, I don't see myself stopping. Um, I feel like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for cannabis. Cannabis has saved my life so many times. I'm, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> cannabis has saved me my life so many times. Um, I wouldn't be able to be like half the mom or at all of the mom <laughs> that I am for my daughter. Like I am so grateful, um, for what it's given my family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just, um, and I, and I really want this for everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, you know what? I heard somebody who, wait, did you have somebody on your show talking about suppositories? Yeah. Okay. So I want to try that. It was, um, what was, well, we have to remind me of her name. Yes. Ashley and Alimenta. Yes. Um, I really, really want to try. Um, cause I know that would help cause I get so much muscle tension around my pelvic area, my hips, like my, that my old injury from birth, like from, from giving birth to my daughter really rears its head around my period. My hips feel like I'm going through childbirth again. It's like, it's nuts. And I think suppositories would really help. He's really supportive. He's super, super supportive. And I'm really glad because I feel so guilty about how much of our budget goes to my medical expenses. And I call like cannabis my medical expenses because it is, you know, it, it should be covered by my insurance. But I mean, in any other, yeah, he's been incredibly supportive. He um, uses CBD on occasion. Um, yeah, I don't know how comfortable he would be actually with me. I, I mean, he's actually been on film with me smoking a joint, a, a cannabis joint. So yeah, no, I can share that. Um, but he, he's, it has been helpful for him too. He, he loves it. Yeah. And yeah, it's really nice since hemp flower has been, um, becoming more popular and more available to just be able to like share a, like a legal CBD joint with my husband. It's, it's been really special. <laughs> nah, well, my friends do, all of them do, but I don't work. I'm very disabled. <laughs> I mean, I work in the sense that I'm like trying to rehab this, this body. <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Sophie. I use cannabis regularly and I am an amazing mother. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Blunt Blunt Mama podcast. This is season two. I am so happy to be bringing this to you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode, which will be airing next Thursday. Yeah. 
<laughs> if you like what you're hearing, then you should definitely share this podcast for a friend, for a cousin, with a family member. <laughs> and if you really feel it, you know, if you like it, then you should leave a review on it. <laughs> if you like it, then you should leave a review on it. <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, that is where you are able to rate and review this podcast. If you enjoy it, I would love that. Thank you in advance if you are, which I know you are, doing that. <laughs> also, follow Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram. Follow Blunt Boy Mama on Twitter. Follow BBM Clothing Line on Instagram, which is Blunt Boy Mama merch. That's where you can shop it, buy it, cop it, tag me in it, tag BBM Clothing Line in it, and get featured on Blunt Boy Mama's page. Yeah. Check it out. You guys are already loving it, but I love it too. So like, of course you guys are going to love it. I would not be giving y'all something that's like shit. It's not shit. It's the shit. It's dope. Some dope ass merch. So you should definitely check it out. And you can also like Blunt Boy Mama on Facebook. You can become a Blunt Boy Mama patron by clicking the link at the top of the page on bluntbornmama.com backslash podcast. Y'all, you know I'm high. <laughs> and once you do that, you'll see a link at the top of the page that says page that says click here to become a Blunt Boy Mama patron. And there you can sign up and for as little as $2 <laughs> and you can get up to three extra episodes of the podcast a month. You get shout outs here on the podcast. You will also get free merch. I mean, need I say more? You're able to communicate with me directly. Come on. So it's really, it's a good deal. And at the end of the day, you know that you're supporting a black woman's podcast, a black mom's podcast, and it means the world to me to have the support of the patrons that I do have. Thank you so much, you guys. And I appreciate all of you guys' support and everything and all the love and all the messages. I read them all. And so thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye.